Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, podcasts, articles, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Another player for Arkansas enters into the transport transfer portal, and I'm going to talk about what that means and just really a general idea of what's going on with this transfer portal. We're going to get into some nonsense as well, but first I want to start with some, some of you who listen to this podcast who took issue and has taken issue with me in my criticisms of the Razorback basketball program. Now, I'm not addressing everybody because obviously there's a lot of people who do agree with me, who are on my side in this argument that I have, which I didn't think it was really that argumentative or that controversial. But apparently, as I found out on social media, it really was. There's people out there that are listening to this podcast that have and take issue with the harsh criticisms I've given Mike Anderson and the basketball program. By saying that uh, things could be changing, that uh, Hunter Yerchek might be making a big decision at the end of the year as far as changing coaching staffs or at least coming out with a very strong message how this type of play won't be accepted. Well, you know, However you want to look at it, however you want to chalk it up, I have felt like there is going to be some sort of heated discussion with fans, of course, after the season's over, but also with Yerchek and Mike Anderson saying, hey, listen, if you're going to stay – this is what has to happen. But if that's not what the conversation is going to be, then he's going to go in and say, Hey, listen, we're moving on from this. And some of you have really gotten upset with me about defending and you're defending Mike Anderson, which again, I'm not saying Mike Anderson deserves to be fired right now. I'm not saying that at all. So any of you that are saying that, or that tweeting at me to think that I'm feeling that just let me set the record straight. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that the criticisms that have come towards Mike Anderson's way are completely and 100% valid. I take no issue with that. I think that the people that are wanting a change in Mike Anderson, or at least a change in the basketball program in general, are fans that want to see greatness, that are know what the, this program is capable of, and want to see it become something better than what they've seen over the past few years. Sure, Arkansas has made it to the NCAA tournament three out of the last four years. I get that. And they have won two, uh, I guess, NCAA tournament games, right? Yeah, two NCAA tournament games. And, okay, that's fine. But the people that are frustrated and upset, it feels that they're, as much as Arkansas may have done okay in these tournaments or at least gotten in, done okay in these seasons to get to the tournaments, they feel like there's always something left on the table, that they're always missing out on an opportunity. And that's what it comes down to right now, is that Razorback fans, you feel like you're missing out on an opportunity to be able to take that next step in basketball. Now, I'm not saying that this example I'm going to use is the know-all, end-all, be-all of the reasons why there's been problems, but I think it's a good indication and a good example. Arkansas has had so much in-state talent leave the state of Arkansas that it's pretty shocking and alarming. You've had some guys stay, like Bobby Portis, like Daniel Gafford. You had some guys come back home, like Dusty Hannes and Daryl Macon which I still wonder why Dusty Hannes wasn't offered a scholarship in the first place. That's neither here nor there. I'm sure there's a reason behind it. But you've had some guys from the state of Arkansas that have come to Arkansas to represent their state. That's a fact. But you've also had some elite talent leave this state, go on to do bigger, better things, and you think about how much they could have helped out your program. Malik Monk, Kayvon Allen, 
Eric Curry. It looks like there's going to be more guys that are going to be uh, from this, not only this upcoming recruiting class, but the recruiting classes to come that have no interest. Moses Moody is one of those guys. Seems like he's a four or five star athlete, moves on to Florida. So it doesn't look like he's going to be coming to Arkansas. And so a lot of people start to look at that and say, why aren't we getting those guys? It seems like the only players that Arkansas is getting out of their state are guys that just want to be Razorbacks. They want to be Razorbacks. They don't They don't care who the coach would is or who they would end up being. Bobby Portis would have come to Arkansas no matter who the coach was. If John Pelfrey was the coach, he would have come to Arkansas. Same thing with Daniel Gafford. Daryl Macon wanted to get back to it. He wanted to do whatever he could to come back to Arkansas, and he did. He wanted to, same with a guy like Dusty Hannes. I mean, he wanted to get back to Arkansas. When the opportunity was there, he pounced on it. That's just what he wanted. And so when I hear people discuss these things and bring up the, you know, the talent that's with Arkansas and how it's not there or the lack thereof or whatever it is, I sit back and I wonder, okay, Mike Anderson didn't just go out and say whatever he needed to say to these recruits and get them to commit to him just because it's him. I'm not saying he didn't do a good job because he obviously got him to come to Arkansas. But what I worry about is that in the coming years when there's really good, solid, great in-state talent, that Mike Anderson's not going to be able to get him. And when he's unable to get that high-end talent, what are you going to do? I mean, we're seeing right now what happens to this Razorback basketball team without talent. I mean, you had Daniel Gafford. But then you have a bunch of young guys that have some raw talent too, but inconsistencies all across the board. But there's none of these guys that I look at and say, you know what, give this guy another two, maybe three years, and he's really going to be something. I think Isaiah Joe can improve. I think Mason Jones can improve. I think those guys can improve. But there's nobody else there. Maybe maybe Reggie Chaney, but there's nobody else I just look at and say, man, this is getting, once these guys get a few years under their belt, they're really going to be a difference maker. So you got to go out and you got to recruit that high-end talent. Because if you think about Arkansas's best teams, their best teams always had at least a little bit of NBA talent. Arkansas's best team was Bobby Portis' year. Guess what? You had two NBA caliber athletes. I know that Michael Qualls did not get drafted. I still believe, though, that if he hadn't injured his knee there at the NBA Combine, I believe it was his knee, it was like whatever it was, I do believe that he would have been drafted in the NBA and he would have had two draft picks from that team. And he was also led by a bunch of depth. But since that point, you have not been able to even get close to that. I mean, last year even, you had Daryl Macon, who's now in the NBA, playing for the Mavericks. He's an NBA caliber player. You had Jalen Barford, who could still end up being an NBA player. And then you had Daniel Gafford as a true freshman. I mean, you had guys. You had pieces. But even then, it wasn't enough. Even then, it didn't get you to that next level. There were still problems, and there were still pieces that were holding you back. And that's where it comes into play of the concerns and criticisms of Mike Anderson that a lot of you fans have. Is that you see exactly what this program is capable of, and it's not getting there. Because why? Is it because that no one cares about Arkansas or Arkansas is a, bad, or a tough place to win? No, it's not that at all. It's about getting high-end recruits to come in and buy in and to be able to coach your way 
out of a lot of certain situations. I think Mike Anderson's a better coach than what people give him credit for. I really do. But there are some things, like late in games, when calling up plays, that just it doesn't work out. And with those things and with those problems that come into play, I don't know where you can point to to start believing that it's going to change, that it's going to get better. That late in-game situations, but there's going to be a lot of them because that's what happens when you're a good team and you go up against other good teams. There's going to be close games. I don't know if there's a, any anyone that's capable of making plays without having a coach write up a play for them. So they got to rely on somebody to make plays. And I don't think that's going to be the case. When Arkansas loses Daniel Gafford next year, they're not going to be any better next season. I mean, you don't lose an NBA caliber player and get better. You just don't. So this year, you're looking at even missing the NIT. Next year, you're going to miss the NIT too. And if you're a Razorback basketball fan, a true Razorback basketball fan, are you going to be okay with that? Are you still going to believe that the direction of the program is still going in the way that you want it to be? I'd have a hard time believing any of you would be acceptable to that or think that that's totally okay. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you are fine with that. Maybe you are fine with that because you love Mike. Listen, I love Mike. I do. I think Mike Anderson is the best ambassador and the best man to coach Arkansas. I think that if Arkansas was going to win a national title, you would want Mike Anderson to win it. It's just common sense. But unfortunately, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. I don't know what the rest of the season holds. Arkansas has got 12 regular season games left. All that being in conference play. And then they have the SEC tournament. I don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is when I was going through the schedule, folks, and I was looking at game by game, going off of my gut instinct of what I felt like is going to be a winner or loss for this team, most of the time, I think actually, in all but four games I said it was going to be a for sure loss. Or at least I was leaning towards it being a loss. That's not going to win anybody over. So those of you who are coming after me for criticizing Mike Anderson, just look at what you're dealing with here and look at and think about what you want to do, where you want to be as a basketball program. Look long and hard at it. And then ask yourself, is Mike Anderson the guy that's going to get me there? And if he is... And power to you. Fight to the death with them. But really think about it. Really ask yourself, is this the direction you want your program, your beloved Razorback program to be going? Because there's a lot of people that are on the same side of me to say, you know what? It doesn't look great going forward. So maybe, just maybe, you need to stop while you're ahead. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Okay, so this is another player for the Arkansas Razorbacks football team that has put their name in the transfer portal, and his name is Blake Johnson. You know Blake Johnson, right? The punter? Okay, hopefully you do. I'm assuming you do. But Blake Johnson is entered in the transfer portal. You know what's crazy is that coming out of high school, he was like 
an All-American, like one of the best kickers, punters, whatever, coming out of high school. I remember when Arkansas got him, everyone's like, holy crap. This is big time. Until he urinated on a light pole. And it kind of got weird after that. But that's neither here nor there. He's transferring. And uh, this is his stats, if you want to know. He punted seven times for 213 yards in 2018. Seven times for 213 yards. So for those of you who are following at home, don't worry about the math. I'll do it for you. That's roughly 30 yards a punt. 30 yards a punt. I might be able to get 30 yards a punt by punting it, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but either way, he's moving on. And it kind of makes me think though, how disgusting the special teams unit has been for Arkansas. Like it's a painful reminder because when I'm sitting here looking at Blake Johnson and I, and I see his stats and I see what's happened, it's just, it's just terrible. The fact that I was, what I had to watch, what we all had to witness not only last season, but in the special teams unit. I know as far as the the problems that you could list for Arkansas last season, special teams was probably number 16 as far as the ranking system goes. But, man, it is abysmal. And I keep feeling like so many people wonder why. And they want to know why. They want answers. Why does the special teams suck? Because under Bobby Petrino is so great. Dennis Johnson returning kicks, Joe Adams returning punts, Zach Hawker making every field goal, Dylan Breeding being able to punt out consistent 48 to 50-yard punts. It was great. Yeah, it was. And I don't care what anybody says. I believe that a special teams coach is a lot of the reason why those types of teams that have great special teams are successful. And maybe special teams is really underrated because it's cost Alabama games. You know, the greatest team, greatest coach, greatest everything. Special teams, in a lot of cases, has cost Arkansas or cost cost Alabama games. And it's done in, if you want to use the Arkansas example, it's done the same thing for Arkansas. And so it really makes me wonder, when is is the special teams going to turn around? Is is having a special teams coach really make that difference? I think it does. Because some people will say that, wait a minute, well, it just depends on how many time, how much time you spend in special teams on the field. I mean, it doesn't matter about who's coaching. It doesn't matter how much time he's dedicate to it. No, it matters. If you have one individual, one paid individual who has experience, who knows what they're doing out there, not some college kid intern like it seems like they've had most of the time, some, you know, straight out of college grad transfer or grad student or grad assistant, whatever it is. That's not a coach. I'm talking about somebody who's been around football for a long time, college football. And can go out and work with the punters and the kickers and the receipt and the punt returners and the kick returners and all of that. Because I'm telling you right now, if, if there if it's just chalking it up to the fact that there is not enough special teams reps being taken in practices okay then that needs to be fixed straight away special teams may not get the glory that's offense and defense do and rightfully so because offense and defense of course are more important 
But as I think John L. Smith used to say, it, if, you know, I know it's John L. Smith, but it was a great line from him that he used to say is that special teams is battles for long, long large chunks of land. And that's so true. It is a battle for large chunks of land. It should be. And in a lot of cases, it can mean the difference in a game. Like, think about how many games Arkansas won based off special teams alone. Whether it was kick returns or punt returns with Dennis Johnson and Joe Adams. Or whether you could count on a big-time field goal kicker like Zach Hawker. I guess it's even one thing if you don't have a great kickoff unit or punt return unit. Because those, with the way that the rules are set up, you can fair catch it and be fine in most cases. Like, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is having a field goal kicker that's as inconsistent as you can get, a a kickoff guy who can't get it to the end zone on the kickoff, just knock it out of the park and not give up a chance to return, a punter who can't find any way to at least average 40 to 45 yards per punt. Like, these are the basics, I think, folks. So I don't understand why it's not happened, why it's just been holding back why Arkansas cannot have a good special teams unit. I'm not a football coach. I'm not Chad Morris. But I still believe that the lack of special teams and the lack of a special teams coach has to have some sort of correlation. Maybe I'll be proven wrong this year. Maybe Arkansas special teams will improve this year. I I don't know. But it's been bad for a long time. I'm hoping it will change here really soon. But anyways, had to bring that up. Thought about that with the announcement that Blake Johnson, the Eraserback punter, will be transferring out as his name goes into the transfer portal. Wish him the best of luck. Hopefully Arkansas won't need him too badly in 2019. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked On's Razorbacks podcast, getting a little nonsense. This was kind of, I got to give credit to Peter Burns of the SEC Network. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, some of the things that we go back and forth on with Twitter is really funny. And he had a great question because that's the thing I like about him. He comes up with pretty interesting and fun little topics. So I wanted to share this one with you. He asked, what events did you have a TV wheeled into your classroom as a kid? Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee you, in elementary school, you had a TV wheeled into your classroom for some reason. I, you can think back in that big old TV on that big old stand that had all the wiring behind it with the, the picture that wasn't that great and the sound that wasn't that great, but it was a big enough TV. You remember you remember that. And so I started to think about it. Some people were, were commenting that the O.J. Simpson trial or – the 86 shuttle tra- tragedy, which is announced and how it's, the, I believe, the 33-year anniversary of that. Um, you know, there's a lot of people bringing out those. But it's funny because I really didn't have a TV wheeled out for any momentous occasion like that. I mean, the thing like with 9-11, for instance, and I don't know if you remember with me giving off my podcast and talking about it, but there was a t- my my teacher, Mr. Rhodes, in my homeroom when I was in seventh grade, he always had the TV on in the mornings anyways because he was watching Fox News uh, just you know, kind of starting off his day. So that wasn't unusual to watch that. But then the rest of the day, we didn't do that. There was no more television. The, the teachers and everybody wanted to focus differently. So uh, yeah, pretty serious stuff. But anyways, going a little more lighthearted, the thing I do remember, though, is that 
the Arkansas Razorback basketball team and when they were in the NCAA tournament in 1995 for trying to repeat their national championship hopes, we had a TV rolled in because there were games during the day and we had to watch them because why not? We're in Arkansas. We had to take, we had to watch the NCAA tournament. It was the most important thing. I mean, who cares about teachers and homework and grades? I was in elementary school, all right? We were learning our ABCs and one, two, threes. We were also learning about Razorback basketball making it back to the national championship. Totally fine with that. But think about that if you have a chance, though. What events did you watch as a kid in your classroom where a big old TV was wheeled in? I think it's a really funny question, a really funny topic. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play or on Spotify, anywhere the podcasts are found. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 